will be damned if the same politicians who refuse to act then are going to try to come back today. The real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. A system of justice will be the richer for diversity of background and experience. Woo. Whoa, that's loud. <laughs> <laughs> and correction. Okay. Hello, everybody. It's me, Miss Cracker. I'm here with my co-pilot, Craitlin. <laughs> and it's time for She's a Woman. It's a podcast for every human being who looks in the mirror and says, She's a woman. <laughs> and for the people who love them. Every week, we talk to incredible women of all kinds from all walks of life and invite them to share their stories with you, our incredible listeners. And that's exactly what we're going to do today, Caitlin. Caitlin, first of all, how are you doing? I'm okay. I can't believe it's April. Oh, my God. It doesn't feel real. I know. Well, Life is just passing me by, you exactly. know? Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. And I had it the worst April Fool's experience. <laughs> you did, which, let me just say, April Fool's is not funny. It's not We are funny. not fans of April Fool's Day. No, we are in not. In this house. I don't think that, <laughs> and, and I've tried desperately to think of anything that would be funny for april fools but like if you gave me like a snake in a can and it looked like it was a can of delicious treats and i opened it and the snake came out i would be mad that there was no treats i honestly don't think that pranks yeah i yeah and even then it's like that's a harmless one the can but it's still just kind of like what was the point like why i don't know i just can't believe that we as a society like still celebrate support this that day. Yeah. Wait, can you tell everyone what you read on the internet about april fools <laughs> oh I was angrily looking up (laughs) where it originated from because I was like, it must be some annoying dad or something somewhere. It said the earliest mention of it that they can find is in like the 1300s in the Canterbury Tales, Jeffrey Chaucer. So it was by a man as (laughs) as suspected, but 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 they don't know. It could go back even further than that. That's just like the first written. Like illusion, alluded, alluding. <laughs> Wait, the first Written. illusion is to that, it. Is that, is that right? right? <laughs> that makes it sound like it's a trick or something. Yeah. Like it, but that is that the right? Yeah, that's the word. The first illusion to it. <laughs> okay, you can't leave this in. We sound stupid. <laughs> no, I think we have to okay. leave it in so people know we're stupid. Well, that's the first um, like written history of it. Okay, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So it could be even before the 1300s, even before the Canterbury Tales. I can't believe it. Which we is crazy. Putting up with this for so I know. Long. Oh, there God. has to be other ways for society to find joy than having an April Fool's Day where you like put salt in the sugar shaker or wait, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. whatever, yeah. you know. Oh, God. <laughs> We've really been talking about this a while. <laughs> now. If you want to know what happened to me on April Fool's Day, you have to subscribe to my Patreon. That's what oh, I've decided. Good segue, yeah. Yeah, because I we have started a Patreon, and we are inviting anyone who wants to join to read my daily diary entries, to go backstage with me when I do shows, and to diddle around in the studio with Caitlin and Cracker when we... Yeah do different stuff but most importantly if you are a top tier patreon member you can see a brand new season of coffee with cracker 
where I answer your life advice questions over a little coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's a lot of news. And I was intending for us to talk about self-care, but we yapped about so many other things. But I do want to ask you, okay, my question for the day that I intended to talk about was, we are talking to an expert in self-care today. And it kind of made me curious, what are your go-to self-care tricks? Hmm, Well, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. Like our guest. Yeah. But um, I love, I mean, I feel like mine are so basic. I love like a a sheet mask and like a bath. Yeah. That makes me feel kind of zenned out. And also reading. Because when I read my book, I will put my phone charging for like, yeah, for like whatever hour or two hours that I'm reading. It's just kind of nice to like zone out and like lay in bed reading my book and not have my phone near me. Yeah. And then and then if I go a night where say we're like out late or something and I like just go home and go to sleep without reading. Yeah. I feel like worse. I feel good when I've like set my phone away for an hour or two and like just read my book and not yep. thought about anything else. Anything you know? Else. Yeah. yeah. No, I think those are great yeah. self-care things because they're simple and they're things you can do. Yeah. For me, it's every morning getting my little copper coffee pot, making myself a cup of coffee, and writing in my journal. I, like, work very carefully on my cursive, and I'm like, this is what happened yesterday. Even if it's just, like, Caitlin and I were diddling around and cleaning the studio, I'll put that in just so that, like, I have a record of everything – because, Caitlin, you know, my memory is not that great. (laughs) I know, I know. uh, That's always inspiring to me because I wish I was better at – journaling but i'm just yeah i can't do it I, i'll do it really solidly for like a couple months and then i just kind of always fall off the wagon but yeah maybe I, i'm gonna get back on <laughs> but you, at least you have those little glimpses into your life and when yeah you look back when you're 105 and you look back on those little diary entries you're they're gonna bring you back to your yeah but that's why i feel like i need to be more diligent about it because yeah. then it's kind of like oh wow what great memories i wish i had kept up with this more I'll be like yelling at myself in old age you know (laughs) still (laughs) right yeah (laughs) anyway I want to dive right into our serious groundbreaking interview but first I have a little treat for you all Every week, we do a little segment called Here's the Good News, where we share positive stories torn from the headlines. (laughs) The idea is that they'll bring you, our listeners, a little hope during these difficult times. Now, a trigger warning for our listeners. Sometimes good news has difficult issues tied up in it. This story deals with loss of pregnancy. So if that's not something you want to think about right now, go ahead and skim forward to our interview. But... Here is the good news, because it is extremely good news. According to the New York Times, New Zealand's parliament recently unanimously approved legislation that would give couples who suffer any miscarriage or stillbirth three days of paid leave. The country has already offered paid leave in the event of loss of pregnancy at 20 weeks or more, but the new legislation will offer the benefit when pregnancy is lost at any point. Now, Caitlin, in a strange way, this reminds me of our story about Scotland finally providing free period products for people who need them. It's a story about people getting their basic human needs met. People deserve access to products that will keep them safe and healthy. People deserve time to grieve a loss. And it's time for national governments to recognize that. So we need leaders like Scotland and New Zealand to show the way. 
America, get it, get, get it, it together. together. I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I really, I mean, I feel like there's so many things tied up in this one. Countries need better bereavement yeah. leave. They need better maternity, maternity leave. leave. And so, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's just, I feel like things like miscarriages are so, there is a lot of shame around it that I think society is working on to like have it be more of an open topic of discussion. And I feel like if there's policies like this, there'll be a little bit less shame talking about it or being able to open up about it. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you feel like people at your place of work have to be supportive during that time instead of you having to try to lie about something in order yeah. to get sick time. You know, yeah, it just like- or feeling like you have to push through because that's your job and if you don't like you could be like punished or fired or yeah. you know what i mean if you feel like you have the support of your workplace you'll feel like you have more time to heal and i and i think we could even go further oh, yeah. in it in the future just because i feel like grief is such a tricky thing yeah you know there's no set there's time no, and i don't <laughs> yeah. know if 3 days is the one yeah. but you know yeah but um it's a step and i think that's a great thing because i know on a America, there's like no required bereavement. Jobs can offer it if they are feeling nice, but it's not a required thing. So the yeah. fact that it's a law that will make it required, I think is a, such a great step. And I would say that it seems odd that issues like this haven't been addressed until now. But then again, they are issues associated with women. So of course, they've been left to the very last possible minute. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just another thing where I think it has to do with the fact that who is going to say that women are grieving? Well, women are. And typically we don't listen to women's experiences. So yeah, it's yeah. like, of course, that this is going to be one of those things that's the, the last thing to be tended to. And you know what? It benefits men too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, there's also a whole discussion about like paternal versus maternal leave. You yeah. know what I mean? That could yeah. happen, you know? Yeah. Just like so interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, you were the one that found this article for us. And I just want to thank you so much because I think it is a perfect one for this podcast. However, having said that, it's time for us to take a little break. Okay, we're back. Now, before we... Don't laugh at me. <laughs> you just... <laughs> You're just like like a kid in a candy shop doing this podcast or something. You're like, I love doing God. my podcast. <laughs> now, before we continue, let me say this. If you enjoy your time with us today, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love reviews. In fact, we love them so much, we're going to read some of our favorite reviews at the end of the show. But first, we have our amazing interview for the day. I'm very excited to bring this lady on. This was another person that came to us, and yeah. I thought it was a perfect fit for the podcast because she is all about holistic self-care, and I can't imagine a more important time for us to look at that than here in these dumpster fire days at the end of the world. So let's dive in. All right, everybody. Aisha Bo Johnson is a self-care writer digital content creator, and speaker, specializing in beauty, wellness, travel, and mental health, which we need that over here. In 2016, after being stopped on numerous occasions by fellow women of color, 
inquiring about her makeup and skincare routine, Aisha decided it was time to create her own platform. AishaBow.com originated as a beauty blog, but slowly manifested itself into a digital destination covering self-care as a whole. Aisha has been featured on Cosmopolitan.com, Refinery29, Allure.com, and more. In March, Aisha launched her podcast, Rewritten, which covers all things self-love. And Aisha is also working on her debut book, which is a lot of stuff going on right now. First of all, how are you doing, Aisha? What's going on? Where are you? How are you? How are you feeling? Right. I am, you know, I feel like Q2 came in with a bang. Uh, (laughs) I am like, it came in hot and I am just trying to wrap my hat, my head around everything, but I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. So thank you for asking. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. I, as you're saying that I'm thinking about how we've been sitting still in our homes for so long and suddenly we're going to have to, grapple with the fact that we're going out into the world again and projects are possible and it's almost a, like too much to absorb. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm feeling the exact same way because I, I, I definitely got used to my routine at home and you yeah. know, I've been working at home as an entrepreneur for a few years, but now I'm like, oh, okay, so <laughs> we're going to be out and about again. So I, now I'm going to have to juggle both. Okay. All right. Let's figure it out. <laughs> it's definitely going to be an interesting one to navigate, but <sighs> I guess I'm ready. Now, I know you launched a podcast in 2020, but I just wanted to know what other things have you been doing to keep yourself sane besides the podcast and work during the pandemic? For me, I was building tiny little houses out of popsicle sticks just to keep myself from going nuts. I wondered if you had any tricks (laughs) up your sleeve for (laughs) keeping yourself from going insane. Oh my gosh. Well, I definitely wasn't building uh, little houses out of popsicle sticks, but that sounds amazing. Uh, I definitely have to check that out. Hopefully you've you've shared them publicly. (laughs) I've definitely turned into like more of a homemaker since, since I've been in quarantine. Like I've been cooking a lot more and I've become like a a little mixologist. Like I've just been (laughs) experimenting with different cocktails and, you know, just creating new fun dishes and finding ways to like make happy hour at home. And I live with my fiance. So just finding ways to like entertain us at home and make the weekend something to look forward to. So that's been really fun for me. See, now you sound like you're doing it so much fancier than me. And I really appreciate that. And that's why I want to, (laughs) that's why I want to pick your brain today because you are all about self care as a whole. And I really want to share with our listeners any and all advice that you have on how to take care of ourselves right now, because, you know, it's it's a time of so much stress. And just because things are opening up, it doesn't mean that we're losing that feeling of stress at, at all. It means that we're just going into a different kind of stress. So how is your podcast going? It's going well. It's going It's going pretty well. Uh, I'm still trying to navigate the space uh, a little bit, but it's been, it's been going really well. I really enjoy it. I feel like it's my baby. It's called Rewritten. And I just, I, I talk about all things self-love on it. So so I feel I feel really good about it, and I feel I I love I'm a, I love to write, but I feel good about being able to touch people with my voice, with my actual voice, as opposed to my written voice. So I, I really love it, and I you know 
I need to take a few tips from you and I just want to <laughs> expand <laughs> it even more and yeah. um, just use that as kind of a launching off point for me to delve more into public speaking. I also feel like you would have an interesting answer to this one because it's something that I'm personally curious <laughs> about. Um, how do you keep yourself positive about putting a podcast out there when you know that there's <laughs> the world is putting out their podcasts right now and there, it's like such a oh competitive market? Do you have like... A, a motto that you use to keep yourself positive about it? Because it sometimes it drives me <laughs> nuts. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I completely, completely get it. But the thing is like, you have to understand that, you know, I, well, I have to understand that I have my own unique voice. I have my own unique approach to the way that I talk about self-care, the way that I share my self-care experiences and my experiences are unique to me. And I think what makes me stand out is my story. And I try to tell people that all the time, you know, no matter how saturated you feel a market is, what you bring to the table is your own story and the things that you've experienced that no one else has. And you may in turn touch someone who can relate to you more than I can relate to them or more right. than, you know, someone else can relate to them. So there is always, there's always an audience for you. So I think when you keep that in mind, then it, it, I think it also helps you to remain more authentic and true to yourself, yeah. knowing that like, you don't have to be a carbon copy of anybody. You don't also have to reinvent the wheel. Because right. <laughs> I think a lot of times people come out the gate trying to do something real unique and it ends up being, you know, a disaster or becomes too strenuous <laughs> and you're like, stressing yourself out more because you just need to be yourself at the end of the day. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's something that my mother always told me about being an mm -hmm. artist is that you will never be able to create someone else's work. You will always be creating your own work because you leave yeah. your personal stamp on it so strongly. That's why it's so rare for people to be able to counterfeit because the mark of the artist is so strong. Um, and the mark of the individual mm -hmm. is so strong. It's almost impossible to to replicate convincingly. So yeah, why put yourself through uh, the stress of thinking you even have to do that? Just allow yourself to be your natural self. Now, exactly. you were saying you have a unique story and I kind of want to dive into that story a little bit. In 2016, you noticed that fellow women of color were asking you about your makeup and skincare and you decided to create your own career in wellness and beauty. I, I wanna talk about these first beginning moments in 2016 and how the signs sort of came together for you, if you could talk about that time. Yeah, at the time I was living in the city, uh, I was living in Harlem and obviously I was taking the train back and forth to work. And during my morning commutes and whenever I was out and about with friends, I would always get stopped by other women of color, just asking about my different routine, my hair, my nails, my skin. And I always, you know, I, I lit up in those moments talking about these things and not in a way where it's like, you know, showing off and whatnot. It was more so I really wanted to educate them and help them in their own skincare routine and talk to them about what their issues were and what they were looking for. And there was one time in particular, I was riding on the train and this woman asked me about my beauty routine. And we were literally talking for like several stops. And yeah. then I was about to get off and she was like, 
she was like, do you work in the beauty space? You know, how do you just sound so well versed? And I was like, no, I don't. And that was the moment when I got off, I was like, you know, I really do enjoy this. There's something that lights a fire under me to, you know, help other women and give and share these tips. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start a blog. It'll just be a hobby of mine. And it's something that, you know, I think I can refer people to in the event that they ask me any questions. So it, yeah. I, I definitely started to feel that inside of me. And that was when I knew to make that small step. I didn't know it was going to lead me to where it is now, but just taking that little step um, brought me in, in the right direction. To me, there's something so beautiful about the community of women of color that you were building around yourself. Was there something that you felt was really special about that connection too? Yeah, definitely. I I felt like there weren't a lot of outlets at the time for women of color that catered specifically to lifestyle, beauty, wellness, all of that in, in one place, in a positive way as well. There's a lot out there that focuses on like our hardships and the things that are are difficult but this I really wanted to make my platform one to uplift and inspire a, a community and it's a community that I belong to so I you know I wanted to be that representation so it built and built and then in 2018 you decided to take a leap of faith and pivot from your career as a fashion publicist to a full-time digital content creator and i want you to talk about what that was like and but really most of all like when you knew it was time to make that change working in fashion in new york city it, you know it's fun it's glamorous it's fast paced it's exciting but then that behind the scenes aspect is something that you know a lot of people you have to really have that thick skin you really have to want it for the long term to really you know stick it out and i had that thick skin i had that drive and i wanted to you know make it to a specific level within the industry i wanted to be the head of communications for a luxury brand and that was my goal that was what i was working towards and along the way situations happened i worked with you know a, a bunch of women who you know I, I experienced a lot of microaggressions in the office. I had a lot of difficulty and there were certain things in the industry that uh, upset me um, in terms of, you know, representation, lack of representation and inclusion and the way that different designers that I worked with went about that. And so there were just a lot of things weighing on me and weighing on me for a little while. But I was like, you know what, As once I get to that that goal, once I get to that that title, that's when I'll be happy and I'll feel fulfilled and right. it'll be okay. And then, and <laughs> you know, you know how it is when you're like, when I get there, I'll be happy. I'll be fine. It's going to, I'll be happy then. I don't need to be happy now. I can just sacrifice my happiness now. And I got there and guess what? I still wasn't happy. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I'm still miserable. So <laughs> I yeah. think that was the turning point. And also I started to, at the time I was seeing a therapist and I was really focusing more on my self-care practices and my self-love journey as a whole. And as I became more self-actualized and as I started to realize, you know, that there were, I wanted bigger things for my life. I wanted more. And not only that, I want to touch people in the process. So 
I, I st it started to weigh on me. And there was one day where I ended up having a panic attack in the office. And I had been really great about like crying in private <laughs> and, you know, oh being, gosh. you know, putting on a face <laughs> for a really yeah. long time. And it came to a head and I found myself on the floor of my boss, the designer's crystal encrusted bathroom crying and <laughs> yeah. just, you know, feeling horrible. And that was the moment where I was like, something's got to give. I just, I have to go because it's just, it's not there for me. And, and a lot of times what I say to people is you have to make a choice between what's scary and what's dangerous. And scary is something that intimidates you, something that uh, makes you step outside of your comfort zone and that you don't know what to expect. Dangerous is staying in a situation where you're being undervalued, where your growth is being stifled or where someone is holding you back from a, from achieving your true potential. And in that moment, I was like, it's scary to be an entrepreneur and not know what to do, but I'll take that over dangerous. And yeah. that was when I decided to go out and start this entrepreneurial journey. That's so, I mean, I, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I remember that pivot moment for me was <laughs> I, I was actually in an office environment that was like very supportive of me and everything. It was just not the right thing for me to be doing. And my whole morning would be dreading going to work. My whole day would be miserable. Mm -hmm. And then my whole night would be like miserable knowing that I had to go to work the next day. And it was just making me give up on everything else and just hauling myself back and forth to work. Yes. And I was in the room with my drag mother, Bob, the drag queen, and my biological yes. mother. And they were like, you know, we would rather see you risk it all on something scary mm. than do something dangerous like this because uh, the... I was just so miserable. It was it was getting dangerous, like you're saying. What a what a great way of putting it that you better do something scary than something dangerous. Because I did risk everything. I did go and do drag full time, and it ended up paying off in such a huge yeah. way. So, and not just like money and travel or getting to be on Drag Race, but feeling like. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And that was really what was missing, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know exactly what you mean. Like a thousand percent. I feel that so much. So it, it's just, it's a different feeling, you know, like, <laughs> and I know it wasn't easy at first for you when you decided to do drag full time, you know, like I, it wasn't easy for me either, but I, there was like a, a sense of not even peace yet. I feel peace now, <laughs> but it was like, a, <laughs> it was a sense of just like calm and like trust in the fact that I was heading in the right direction. I might not be there right. yet, or it might be yeah. a little difficult. The money might not be coming in yet, but I knew yeah. that this was, this, it was okay. I was on a path that was okay. And I think a lot of times we're just worried that when we make that decision, we're going to feel, you know, horrible the entire time because of the fact that it's a whole new world. But it, it when it really, it opens up something in you to make you feel more motivated and inspired on a day on a daily basis instead of like what you were talking about practically like sleepwalking 
you know, right. through your days and, and whatnot. So what did people around you, what did your support network say about you taking this leap? That's always something that, that makes me curious. Yeah. So, well, my now fiance, then boyfriend was actually very supportive. He was the one who was like, just quit. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, please. I can't take this. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You're miserable and I'm miserable. <laughs> so yeah. And my, my mom was worried. She was very worried, but still supportive. I know she was just, you know, scared that I was going to go out and and do who knows what and not not even that I wasn't going to make it. She knew I was going to, but she just didn't want to see that additional struggle. And then some friends were just like, wow, cool, but didn't really understand, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I I think some people are coming around to understanding now. It's it's funny how when you start to succeed, when certain people like, oh, that's what you were trying to do. So, yeah, yeah, but I, I felt I didn't feel anyone who who really had like a ton of outward apprehensions i did feel some level of support which was great yeah i think it was mo- mostly myself you know i'm i'm pretty type a so it was like the first time in my life that like i didn't have a plan i didn't know what was going to be of my future so that right that was that was pretty scary and that is that is how it is usually the biggest obstacle in the way is you so now you're exactly. your own boss I just want to know because listen, I'm my own boss too. And I could always use advice from lady bosses. <laughs> How do you keep yourself inspired to keep creating new content all the time, especially in this time when it's such a demanding cycle? You know what I mean? People are expecting new content all the time. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately and it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something that it has, it has its moments. Like I love what I do, but I get tired. Yeah. (laughs) I love what I do, but I'm like over it sometimes. And what I've come to realize, the one thing that has helped me to stay motivated is giving myself permission to rest to step back and take a moment and take a, a, a quick, it's, it has to be quick because yeah, otherwise, <laughs> because like you, yeah. Said, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta come back, but yeah. I a- allowing myself to rest. Like there are some days where it doesn't happen like super often these days, but where I, I just can't get out. Of, I just need to lay down. I need to just lay down, take a breath, and just be there for a few hours and just be still with myself for a few hours. And I think allowing myself that space and that time to rest and being away from like the computer and the laptop and the phone and the iPad and TV and everything, just like taking a second to just breathe just for like, even if it's for a few hours, even if I have to start my day at like 11 or 12 or not even start it till the next day, you know, like I just need that moment to, to just, whew, okay, I'm overwhelmed. I'm tired. I'm stressed and just live in it because we're so busy pushing it away, pushing it away. And like, okay, like I have to move on to the next thing. Like I get it. I'm tired, but you know, this is what I signed up for. This is what I have to do. But like, you have to allow yourself, you got to give yourself the permission. That's what it is. Because once you give yourself the permission, you don't feel bad about it. Cause I'm not like, Oh, I can't believe I just laid in bed all day. Or I can't believe I just like, 
spent my day binging a show instead of like doing work and it's okay. Like you are allowed that. And the next day you, you then have to, you know, rally, get up and do what you got to do. But I think it's a lot easier when you are like, okay, I'm okay with the fact that I took some time to rest. Now I'm ready to go and figure it out. Yeah. I love the idea of permission because once you make Mm -hmm. it part of the plan and not something that you're sneaking away from yourself, then it's less of a feeling of guilt. You have a feeling that you're doing something positive and active, even if it feels like it's passive. So that makes me want to pick your brain about self-care here at the end of the world. Um, I was wondering... (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know so much about self-care habits, and I was wondering if you you had some self-care habits that you wish everyone did to take care of their spirit during these times when you look around? Mm, Yeah, I, I think it's so important to, like you said, habits, routines, like you, you have to build some type of routine. And it doesn't need to be extensive. It does not need to be strenuous. It can be something as simple as when I get up, the first thing I do is I open my curtains, I make my bed, and I take a shower every morning to just awaken my senses. And I think just having that as your routine in the morning, it can it can do so much for you, knowing that you, okay, I do this in the morning, I do these three things, I've made this promise to myself that I'm yeah. gonna accomplish these very small tasks. And it it really just, you know, again, it helps you to stay true and stay at home with yourself because you are you know, you're, you're making sure that you're, you're keeping up that promise. And I really think that it's important to set a routine. And personally, I have a a morning routine and a nighttime routine that I do. And both of those just help me to stay grounded and to feel motivated on a regular basis and just, um, just feel like I'm taking care of myself. So, for me in the morning, I, like I said, I open the curtains. Well, now I've, I've tasked my fiance with opening the curtains for me. Yeah. He gets up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, great. I'm greeted with the sun. And yes. <laughs> so he will open it for me. And, but I get up, make the bed. Cause then I'm like, okay, I made the bed. I accomplished something. I got my body moving. I try to meditate for, I started out with five minutes every morning. Now I'm at 10 minutes every morning. Um, I'm really big on, on small changes to like build progress. Then I, I, and I don't sleep with my phone in my room anymore. I know that, I know that sounds terrifying, but I don't. Oh, I don't do it either. (laughs) I sleep with my phone outside my room too. Cause then you, you really can like wake up. You know, like I get up, I'm not like grabbing the phone. So get up, go in the kitchen, then I'll check my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then have something to eat, have have some food or, or drink for breakfast. You know, if you drink smoothies, whatever it is, yeah. and then take a shower. And then my day begins after that. And and yeah. that's all it is. Like, I'm not the type who's like, I go for a mile run and then I write, yeah. and I read a book and I, and I paint and <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't do all that. But it's like the little things. And I and I feel like when you develop a habit uh, and a routine of doing the little things and committing to those little things on a day-to-day basis, you feel a lot more stable and certain in a world that's so uncertain 
so unstable. So there's so much going on right now. That's the one thing that you can at least rely on. Like I'm going to have a made up bed. I'm going to have some sun shining in my eyes and this water is going to warm me up and awaken my senses, you know, for the new day. And then in the evening, what I love to do um, is I have a, I call it my three things journal. And so I write out um, or five things journal, sorry. And I write out three different parts. So it's five things I'm grateful for, five things I'd like to manifest, and then five affirmations, but I keep it really short and sweet. So it's like, if I, if it's something I'm grateful for, I'm grateful that the sun came out after a rainy day, or I'm grateful that um, I had some leftover pizza in the fridge that I Ooh. forgot about, <laughs> you know, and, and then manifestations. Um, so that helps me to just stay grounded in the moment, the gratitude portion. And to know that like, even though things may seem bleak, i still have things that I can be grateful for. And then in terms of the things that I manifest, that's helps me to know that, you know, it doesn't end here. Like I can look forward to things. And again, I keep that super, super simple in terms of what I want to manifest. And then affirmations, it's like, it's as simple as I am confident. I am beautiful. I am a boss. You know, those, just those three words. And I end that and I just, you know, read a book and, and go to sleep. But that's like, I would really, I think building routines and sticking to that is something I really hope that a lot of people can adapt in their lives. And I think it's so, so much more serious than it sounds too, because during the pandemic, I think so many people, especially people who struggle with depression and anxiety already being totally uprooted and having their schedule changed and not being able to go anywhere. I think that a lot of people, including myself, had periods where they fell off from those basic things. And so it's not a small deal Mm -hmm. to say, take a shower every day, make your bed every day, feed yourself some breakfast every day. It's a huge deal to make sure that you're doing those at at some points because it's like sometimes those little things can feel like big lifts. And once you've done them, you're like, oh my gosh, I've started a day. Okay, we can do this. So I really, I really appreciate you saying that. Now, speaking of, you know, the more serious side of things, uh, one of the things that you write a lot about is the trauma that you have experienced as a Black woman in the contemporary world, and you've been on a journey to heal. So I wonder, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way in healing that you wish fellow women of color knew, especially young women that are just like starting to face the world now? Yeah, I think one big thing for me that has been really helpful is understanding that my trauma, my past, my mother's trauma, my grandmother's trauma, those things that I was holding on to or that I witnessed don't define me. They don't, they're, they're not a part of who I am and what I'll be in life. And that, it's okay to rewrite your narrative once, twice, 50 times, okay. and as often as you would like. I, I really wholeheartedly feel that sometimes we as women of color and, and you know, women in general, sometimes we feel like we have to find one path and stick to it, or we have to be one 
specific way or we have to fit ourselves into this box. And when we start to feel like we're not happy in it, we we just, you know, pummel through and we we try to be resilient and whatnot. But it's okay to pivot, it's okay to shift, and it's okay to realize what things no longer serve you and to move forward, to not, you know, push them away and to to try to completely ignore the fact that you've gone through things in life, but to also understand that you are so much more than that. You're so, so, so much more than, you know, what has been dealt to you in the past and yeah. you are going to make your own stamp. So just to, to, keep your, you know, keep your eyes peeled and, and and keep your curiosity strong and know that like, whatever it is you, you wish to achieve or the things that you want and the things that you would like to do, you can, as long as you make that step to do it, you can, and you will, and you deserve it. I think that's also really, really important knowing that you deserve whatever it is you desire and that you're worthy. And yeah. those have been the things that have helped me through. And now, Aisha, I understand that you have a book coming up too, and it must be <laughs> exciting and scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's that Now that is a question. I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh man, it's just so like, because I'm working away on my book and it is definitely something that I know I will be extremely, extremely proud of once I'm done. Yes. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's so funny because that what I was saying before kind of touches on what I talk about in the book. And that is right. following your curiosity and allowing yourself that space to be open to whatever door, path, lane, opportunity that life you know, allows you to have and to be willing to receive that and to move with the current instead of fighting against it. So I'm really excited about this book. I feel like it's going to touch so many people and it's going to help so many people in a time in which I think a lot of our perceptions have shifted on what it is we all want to do for the rest of our lives and, you know, how we want to spend our days. Because a lot of us for over a year have been at home or forced to be at home and seeing, you know, the inner workings of either our jobs and the, our coworkers and the things that we, we used to tolerate and taking out the commute and whatnot. You're like, oh, like I have so much more time in the day. I have so many more things that I want to do. There's not a lot of distraction anymore. There isn't like yeah. you're not forced to, I mean, now we're going to be going out. We, we need to make a, a new excuse to not go out as much, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, you know, like you don't have the distraction of like plans and trips and this and that. So yeah. I think a lot of people, it was like the great pause and people had the time to just like stop and assess, you know, where they are, what they want, what they think they, you know, deserve and what makes them feel fulfilled. And so I do feel there's, there's going to be a moment when we finally do open up again, where there's going to be a lot of people trying to really make that shift and that change. And so I'm yeah. hoping that my book makes people feel more confident in, in taking those leaps and, and making those changes in their lives. Oh, and that is going to be beautifully timed as well. So I'm very <laughs> excited about that. I also know what a pain in the ass it can be to write. <laughs> so I, I wish you, Oh my God, <laughs> I wish you all the best with that. And 
if I can give you any advice today, it's to know that if it feels like hell, then yes, it is writing. So <laughs> you're not doing it. You're not doing anything wrong if it feels horrible because that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. I I need to like plaster that on the front of my computer because yeah, it, it feels like hell every minute of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Aisha, thank you so, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And I really feel like I have some things that I can do now to kind of get out of my 2021 malaise. And I think that I'm going to have a little card that tells me the things that I do every morning so that I can be up and start up. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was such an amazing conversation and you were such a joy. So I, I'm, I'm really hoping that some someone feels inspired by it. Okay, Caitlin, that was our interview for today. Yeah, that was a good one. It it always, I've noticed since we've all been in lockdown or quarantine or whatever for the past year, routine has become something I just thrive on. And if yeah. I'm off my routine, I just feel so upset. So I think she's really, really on to something there. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like I have been sort of wobbling on my routine and that <laughs> after listening to this, I really am inspired to, to do it for my own health, to yeah. have a routine for my own health. It's going to be weird to start traveling again. Cause I'm like, but my routine, <laughs> I have like, I've really created such a, at this time I do this. And at this time I do this. And every morning I do this. Yeah. <laughs> also, fully, we're getting like nine hours of sleep every night. Which... I know I'm, I'm asleep by 10 p.m. pretty yep. much. And then I wake up at like 7, 7.30 yep. around there yeah. every morning. It's going to be wild <laughs> for us to go through these changes. But you know what, Caitlin, on the other side, last night I went through our entire Instagram for oh the last two God. years no. frame by frame. And usually I look at it when I'm in a bad mood and I'm like, uh -huh. you're ugly. This is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You but talk I was about in that in therapy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was in a good mood last night night and I was like oh my god look at all the things that we've done I know and I can't wait to do more I'm gonna make us a, a book one day about yeah. our, our travels so and you good. can look at it when you're feeling in a good mood yeah, yeah thank you <laughs> anyway I want to say this if you liked your time with us today make sure to subscribe rate and review the podcast we love reviews don't we Caitlin we love them and we love five-star ratings. We, we love them. We, we love them. We can't enough five-star <laughs> ratings. In fact, we love reviews so much, we're going to read some of our favorite reviews right here at the end of the show. Caitlin, do you have a review this week that you love? I do. This one says, a truly joyful and educational podcast. This podcast just makes me smile. The guests are all incredible, and I always learn something new. Ms. Cracker and Caitlin are compelling hosts who bring so much optimism to this crazy world. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Public Health Wonk. Yay! We appreciate <laughs> that, Public Health Wonk. Yeah, it's crazy to think of us as being people that bring optimism into the world because we are pretty uh, pessimistic. pessimistic. Yeah, sure. I'm I such an Eeyore, as you say. Yes, right, <laughs> I Eeyore, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but... I think that through this podcast and through 2021, really, we have worked on becoming, you know, a little more like maybe things could be okay. Maybe there's a there's yeah. a shiny yeah. side of the coin. So yeah. I don't know if that's a phrase. 
A shiny side of the coin. <laughs> I feel like you like may, maybe took two phrases and put you it put together. together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's or time. maybe you've coined a new phrase. <laughs> Caitlin, what? Is, who is this I know. It seems like a joke you would make, but <laughs> Wow. You know what? I, honestly, I came into the studio today expecting to just slog through this podcast, but we have had a fucking blast. <laughs> I know. I feel like I woke up this morning and I had like energy for the first time in a week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> uh, yes. But enough about that. It's time for my favorite part of the entire podcast. The most important part, the credits. Everybody, this podcast was produced by Caitlin Gretham. She produced the hell out of it this week. And then I did it. The cast includes me and also Caitlin and also the BMX bikes outside oh, of our oh, window at every, all. I was going to say it happens every week when we record the podcast. And I was like, it's constant. It's constant. So it doesn't even matter when or what we're doing or what day we're recording the podcast. They're they're part of they're part of our lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the podcast is also distributed by the amazing Studio 71, who is patiently waiting for this episode to be edited right now. So thank you for joining us today. Make sure to tune in next Monday for another exciting episode. And remember, if you ever feel down, all you have to do is look in the mirror and say, She's a woman! And I'll be with you. Great job today, Caitlin. <laughs> that was a really chaotic one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Ah. <sighs>